0: This episode of CBO Speaks is brought to you by Kaufman Hall. Learn about their strategic and financial consulting services and Axiom planning software by visiting kaufmanhallcom forward slash higher education. Welcome to CBO Speaks, a podcast from the National Association of College and University Business Officers. I'm President and CEO John Walda, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in today. Our mission with this podcast is for you to gain greater insight into the challenges and rewards of the chief business officer role. Find out more from today's episode at www.nakubo.org. Hello everyone and welcome back to CBO Speaks. Thanks so much for tuning in today. My name is Megan Strand, your host, and I'm so excited to be joined today by Julie Sherman, who is Vice President for Finance and Administration at Central Methodist University in Missouri. Welcome, Julie.
1: Thank you, Megan, for inviting me.
0: To get us started off today, Julie, I was hoping you could just talk a little bit about how you came to higher ed as a profession and then maybe how you
1: landed at Central Methodist. Pretty much by accident. My husband um, was moving here to Central Methodist University to be the men's basketball coach. And the president of the university that I graduated from said, you need to work there too. He goes, let me make some calls and get you on board. And his introduction gave me a contact here. They were doing some reorganization, and I just fell into higher ed, I guess.
0: Oh, my goodness. That is probably (laughs) the craziest story I've ever heard about how somebody became a CBO. I love that.
1: You know, I wasn't the the CBO at that point. Right, right, right. That's, you know, kind of morphed into that position. So where
0: did you start?
1: I started as a business manager in the business office. Um, We were implementing a new Technology system database across campus, and um, I helped organize that and just reorganize the staff and many of the processes that we were doing across campus. And how long ago was that? 30 years. Oh my goodness.
0: And is your husband still the basketball coach?
1: Yes, he is. He's oh, still Oh my goodness.
0: That is fantastic. What a great story. Did you know then when you had entered higher ed that it was a place you felt like you could stay and did you set your sights on becoming CBO or how did that all happen?
1: No, but we love the college atmosphere. I think once we we landed here and you know, just started seeing the young folks and becoming involved on campus, it just grew to be home and... I just had the opportunity to take over different departments and move up the ladder, and I've had great presidents to work with through the years. I'm now on our third president, and just the opportunity just worked for us, and it it's still working today.
0: Wow. What a great story. That is a definitely a unique story, yeah. Julie. Anything you wished you knew but didn't when you first started working in higher ed, when you first took that position?
1: I think at first, you know, we we were a young couple or I was, you know, newly married and didn't really have any idea. And just somebody encouraging me to get involved more with professional development and read the publications. At that time, technology, you know, wasn't the instant, you know, resource that it is today. And there was a lot of trial and error at first of, you know, what's going to work and what are options that, Today, you could get online and, you know, find many of those resources immediately available.
0: So you wished you had just known a little bit more to, yeah. to dive into professional. Ed. Oh, about higher ed.
1: Okay, about higher sense. ed, yeah. Just,
0: that makes sense. Just, you know, well, now 30 years later, you probably know a little bit about higher ed.
1: Yes, I think
0: so. <laughs> Talk a little bit about Central Methodist University. What makes that organization unique for you as a CBO?
1: We have a strong off-campus presence as well as our residential traditional students. And so for the last 10 or 15 years, that's been an area that we've expanded greatly into our online and our off-campus um, collaborations with different um, community colleges as well as um, other hospitals and such for programs. And that's been, you know, different as a CBO is finding rental spaces, worrying about, you know, leases and landlords off campus at sites that, you know, I've never really been to. And it's also been a challenge bringing back um, financial aid and student billing to campus, the campus here, you know, where we're serving students that are, you know, miles away from us. So that's that's been a challenge for us over the last several years. It's a little different than many campuses, but it's been very beneficial to CMU.
0: And do you see that as a growth area for you?
1: Oh, absolutely. It's, you know, students are wanting different types of services, different ways. Our traditional students, we already have about anywhere from 10 to 20% taking, you know, a mixture of classes online, offsite, you know, that as well as being here on campus. Can you
0: give me an example of the types of partnerships that you're starting? You had mentioned you have students that are um, online, but you had mentioned some partnerships as well.
1: We have a relationship with every community college in the state of Missouri. We were one of the first um, four-year private institutions to collaborate with the state community college in a two-plus-two program back in the late 90s. Mm. And we continue to... um, Nourish those um, partnerships, and we're not the only players in the in the market these days. You know, everybody's jumping into those, but we tend to um, be real strong in our nursing and our allied health programs, as well as education programs, where we can partner with the hospitals to provide a nursing program. You know, in a larger city area to the, like I said, the local community colleges across the state.
0: Julie, what would you say is most exciting about your role currently?
1: There's something different every day. <laughs> um, you know, whatever I, I think I'm going to do that day, usually by the end of the day, it's taking <laughs> not... a, a different twist. <laughs> it's it's not boring, that's for sure. What
0: are you doing now that you never imagined you'd be doing 10 or 20 years ago?
1: Building buildings and working with subcontractors. Mm. Um, I have a wonderful director of um, facility operations, but the two of us have had several remodeling and building projects the last ten fifteen years. And um, I always say oh, I could build a house in a minute now after <laughs> doing these doing these larger projects. And that was something that you know knew nothing about years ago. So,
0: and is that something you enjoy?
1: Oh yes, love it. Um, love working with the design team on. You know what it's going to look like, and envisioning, you know, where we could be, and just realizing, you know, we're leaving our mark for twenty, thirty, forty years down the line.
0: What other aspects of your job do you really enjoy?
1: I think just the variety. Um, you know, some days it's heavy working with HR; other days it's um, business office. Um, my my peers, um, the other vice presidents of the cabinet, are, are wonderful friends and wonderful colleagues. And, you know, we, we enjoy ourselves. We're getting ready for graduation in a couple of days. And as we all remind our staff, that's why we're here, you know. And if, if you don't enjoy this time of the year when the students are all excited about graduation, then you're probably in the wrong <laughs> Line of work.
0: <laughs> yeah. Are there um, aspects of being a CBO that you've really had to work at in terms of skill set or soft skills to develop um, I would imagine being a business manager is a little bit different than being a CBO and maybe there are some some things you've had to work out over the years.
1: I think it's the compliance and the government regulations. Um, you know, plug for Nakubo. Nakubo's great in keeping us informed, but it, it does take a lot of reading and a lot of extra time to understand the issues that are coming out of, you know, DC or local um politicians and just staying on top of compliance and what's the best path for central methodist with what we you know see coming down the line and that's you know sometimes you think oh that's far away it's not going to impact us but no it does with our our funding from title four funds and just like everybody else and you know sometimes the day-to-day work gets in the way but you have to take always take a step back and realize what's going on nationally that impacts us.
0: So just keeping your eye on the ball and keeping yourself apprised of what sounds like uh, probably tedious and complex things (laughs) to sift through. Yeah, Right. Julie, what would you say is the biggest opportunity presenting itself to all CBOs today?
1: You can take this position many different directions. Um, If you have an interest in strategy, HR planning, all of those fields are under this role Mm -hmm. and you can, you can just go so many different directions with any interest you, you want. Um, you know, I think hiring great people under you is a key because you can't do it all. And that's, you know, one word of advice for folks down the line, you you have to have good people underneath you and nurture them and, you know, respect them and, Um, Encourage them to develop. Also,
0: what do you look for when you're trying to find that right person to to fill a role? Are there certain characteristics that you need to have across
1: the board in your leadership team? I think that they're here for the right reason. Again, you know, I come back to this is graduation week. If they're really not here for our purpose of helping the young folks and helping students, then they're not going to be happy. We're not going to pay, you know, the highest salaries. You know that they could make elsewhere or someplace that, but it's a good place to work with a good mission, a good, you'll feel good at each day as you come to work. Yes. You're going to always want the technical skills and the ability to reason, be reasonable and, you know, have some patience and that, but
0: passion for the mission.
1: Yes, Pat. That's a good way to say it.
0: What would you say is the biggest challenge that faces all CBOs today? What's keeping you all up at night?
1: Funding, um, you know, I know our colleagues at the the public institutions are are really faced with cutbacks and funding crises across the you know the universe, and it's hit us in the private industry probably a little, I guess, more consistently across time, but. We, too, you know, are always worried about we're tuition driven. Mm-hmm. Are we going to be able to have our enrollments the next few years? Are we going to be able to, you know, maintain the level of benefits that our staff um, are expecting and to be able to keep our our, goods, our good employees? And that's, you know, just the funding all the way across the board.
0: And is there anything you are doing at CMU to address that funding challenge that you, you think is that you're particularly optimistic about? I mean, obviously, time will tell with some of these things. But
1: Well, we're currently um, looking for a new vice president for enrollment management. This has been a position that um, was under uh, admissions and enrollment was under another um, vice president, and we're looking to break those responsibilities apart so that we can focus on additional, you know, types of resources from new students or new programs. And we we think bringing another leader on board will help us um, strategize into the future and place us where we want to be.
0: Julia, who um, would you say has served as a professional mentor to you over the years?
1: John Patterson, Pittsburgh State. I give him kudos all the time. (laughs) Um, One of my first meetings I went to John could probably tell I was a lost little woman and didn't have a clue what I was doing. And he sat me down and, you know, told me to get involved, to talk to people whenever there was a question there. were You know, everybody had had the issues that I'd had before and we've stayed in touch over the years. He's just retired. But I think the world of John and his friendship and leadership through the years has I I give it all to John for keeping me in the industry. (laughs) (laughs) What
0: specifically do you think you learned from John?
1: Just to stay connected, whether it's, you know, in your community, on your campus, with um, Nakubo, Kakubo, just knowing what's going on and bringing those pieces of puzzles back to your campus to help, you know, every day.
0: And do you feel that you've served uh, as a mentor to... Other people on your team or other people in the community?
1: I hope so. Um, I've never really heard anybody say that, but I you know I've always encouraged people to reach out and get involved. Um, everybody's busy in their day to day lives, but you just at the end of the day feel so much more fulfilled if you can know what's going on and and have another reason to help the students in higher ed so.
0: Julie, anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today that I've neglected to ask?
1: No, I think just, you know, encouraging people to be willing to work. This isn't a eight to five job and, you know, have patience for your, you know, your day and listen to what others are doing across campus and listen to others. I just, that's the word that I keep coming back to all the time is just listen and keep going.
0: Can you give me an example of what it means for you to listen to other people or what you might have learned by listening that you might not have otherwise?
1: I think that's something somebody told me once is, you know, your opinion may be the right one, but listen to what others have to say and what their you know sides of the story are so that when you do, you know, make your response or make a decision, they at least feel like they've had their two cents worth and you know, they may not like your answer, but they at least would feel that you've listened to what they had to say or what's going on in their world that maybe you didn't know.
0: Perfect. Well, that's a great way to end our conversation today. Julie, thank you so much for your time and for sharing just some of these great insights from your career with us.
1: Okay. Thanks, Megan. Good luck.
0: You can find out more about Julie and today's episode by visiting the distance learning section of Nakubo.org. Make sure you subscribe to CBO Speaks in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts so that you'll get the latest episodes instantly. And on behalf of Julie and myself, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of CBO Speaks. This episode of CBO Speaks is brought to you by Kaufman Hall. Learn about their strategic and financial consulting services and Axiom planning software by visiting kaufmanhallcom forward slash higher education.